Good evening, everyone. Illiterate is in the building this week. We're covering Elvis. My name is Evan. I just checked out the new Basil Luhrmann film. I'm hanging out with Taylor. I found a video interview with one of Elvis's childhood friends. Elvis is one of the most ubiquitous figures of American uh, culture, culture. Uh, probably yeah. in the world, probably the most famous person in the world up to a certain extent. Finally, a film is released with a, uh, with a budget that really commands what this story might. Not only was he a, you know, an amazing uh, musician, but he was an actor in his own right. Um, mm-hmm. And his act transcended and eclipsed him and became... It's beyond. I mean, how many people have... It's in Lilo and Stitch, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's one of the most ubiquitous characters. Everybody takes a stab at. uh, He's in everything. He is everywhere. Anybody can assume his act. And there are so few comparables to really draw to it. So with the new movie in theaters, all of the new discussion about all of his influences, why not? Let's take a trip down. Let's get to some rock and roll history. (laughs) Taylor, I'm really excited to open this up because first and foremost, I really Mm -hmm. don't know anything about the development of the film and why it's actually coming out now, because it feels like they, you know, could have made this movie 10 Mm -hmm. years ago, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So Baz Luhrmann is the director, co-writer, every, you know, he does everything. He first Moulin Rouge. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just one of a big, fantastical. uh, Great Gatsby. In, indeed, indeed, I, mm-hmm. I saw that quite a few times when it came out. Um, Australia is another little, yeah. little sleeper of his that came out. Romeo and Juliet in plus the plus Juliet, yeah, Ooh, yeah. So, excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, so he had first announced doing an Elvis picture in 2014, and then nothing really surfaced in terms of getting anything together until 2019 when mm. they had some of the cast. But he hadn't made a feature film since Gatsby in 2013. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, kind of quietly going through production, also because he does most of his stuff in Australia, sort of gets missed, like with uh, George right. Miller and his Mad Max stuff. It just like suddenly appears in Hollywood, <laughs> even though it's been in the works with a lot of Australian cast and crew. Right. The reason he went into making this, it's kind of like, well, what does he have to say about it besides just his musical interest. He was very fascinated by America of the 50s, 60s, 70s. I think it's interesting that it's an outsider, non-Hollywood person, because maybe you would get caught up in the glitz and the glam. But he's just like, I lived in a tiny town in Australia with one gas station and one stoplight Mm -hmm. and one movie theater. And they would show the Elvis matinees as a kid, fascinated by it. But seeing off on the outside. So in a way he has a observer's perspective of who really is this guy that people are so fascinated with because in spite of all his international acclaim, perhaps Elvis never did a world tour like the Beatles or other bigger musical icons. Right. And that ends up becoming a kind of a focal point towards the back half of the film is this thing dangled in front of him, knowing that he wants to do this type of thing. It's becoming this type of thing that acts in his realm obviously should do. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and so the, when you're presented with that in the film, and you're, people who aren't familiar with, with his career, you go, oh, wow, he'd never actually, he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the thing that 
uh, we'll get to a little bit later that also drew him in upon doing the research and looking at it is there's this crazy aspiration in American culture with making something new, the possibilities, the diversity, the the intermingling mixed with the sell, as he calls it, the come and get it mm-hmm. selling all, you know, so when that balance is out of whack, he's like, it's all about the sell, which is Elvis's manager, Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah. Who was never Colonel, never Tom or Parker. <laughs> it was all, it was all a sell. And then, yeah, I think uh, that yeah, this, yeah. he's a new character emerging for a lot of people. Um, I mm-hmm. didn't know, I'd never heard the name until I heard Tom Hanks was playing. Him. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I think that, that, that getting Tom Hanks involved in this, this character, obviously being from, uh, much from his point of view, um, to a certain extent has been part of the hook in terms of how this is presented. Pretty interesting too. And in that yeah. somebody this big, I mean, it's Elvis we're talking about here, but I'd never really had any notion of this uh, manager in the back, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's the two, those are the two things where he's drawing from is this story of a very spiritual guy born of gospel, Elvis, and then this salesman. So he said it's between cell and soul. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a strong reason (laughs) to be curious about. So then with him getting through all the casting and whatnot, I didn't know the main guy. It seems kind of like betting on a newer person in the scene as opposed to somebody. Well, I'll tell you this. When it comes down to these types of decisions, you can go with a name and that can bring in an audience and they can bring in an aura or it can also detract. It can also be distracting. Um, And that depends on what you're doing, what your story is and where you want people's attention to be. That varies with every project. And this, I think what their decision came down to is when you see Elvis, they don't want you thinking of any other image yeah, yeah. other than this is Elvis. They don't want you to see, uh, you know, Harry Styles and start thinking mm-hmm. about Harry Styles. They want you to see somebody you have never seen before so that when they say this is Elvis, you go, that's Elvis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's part <laughs> of the you're magic like, trick. Oh, he, yeah, I, he was on some Disney Channel stuff maybe that you would think, but you're like, I don't really know. Yeah. He's, that's part he's, of the magic trick here. They're banking that you've probably never seen his face before. They're not banking that anybody knows who, you know, uh, Austin Butler. Yeah. They, people are not banking on his name to get in this. They're, Tom Hanks, yes, <laughs> that's a different way. You see how they position yeah, yeah. that in the marketing, but not on Austin Butler. They want the illusion that Elvis is in this movie to, they're not going to say that, but they want you to feel that. Yeah. And so he sent Baz Luhrmann an audition playing the song Unchained Melody and just completely floored him. Everybody goes through the auditions, Miles Teller, Mm -hmm. Harry Styles, et cetera. But- uh, Told you. (laughs) Luhrmann didn't really know he wasn't, he's like, oh, he's from Anaheim. He doesn't have- the <laughs> southern accent like he really really put in the work ethic and effort to do it and completely wow. got got it because of that and there was some questioning of him doing the singing just recently they released a pre-production video where they're just testing camera lenses and he's singing and so most of it especially when he's young is austin butler's vocals as elvis which well, I did some reading crazy. into yeah. that as, as well, and they're using an interesting technique that uh, has been popularized with Star Wars recently. They're blending 
with AI. This is something that wasn't done on the uh, on the Bohemian Rhapsody movie mm-hmm. to this extent. They might have started playing with it with during that, but it certainly wasn't done on Rocket Man, from what I know. But this one, I think, is really doing a lot of it. To be quite honest, um, oh, interesting. Uh, he is definitely performing. He is absolutely performing, and, and the difference is you can really tell that he is <laughs> doing the right things to produce the right sound in his neck, in his jaw, uh, with his tongue. All of the energy is correct, in which you can see the difference in like Rami Malik, who was never even pretending really to sing. It, 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 was, <laughs> right. uh, it was never his voice. They were never even going to try that. And yeah, so yeah. this is a blend of an AI who has fed all of Elvis's voice, knows Elvis's voice could reproduce Elvis's voice right, and, right. and to some extent they've done that the big example of that recently is Darth Vader James Earl Jones is 91 years old if you listen to the Vader oh. performance in Kenobi it sounds strikingly different than what he sounded like in Rogue One which was a few years ago now uh, so you can see the shift starting to happen it's an interesting territory that we're really getting into yeah and with this movie in particular I think it's wildly successful because for the first time out of these out of these biopics i'm really believing that it is Mm -hmm. the person on screen emoting the sound Uh, and the last time i really felt like that was happening was like walk the line where they went to great lengths to actually redo every song with the real actors and record a completely that's a completely different way of doing it and we have swung back to no we want to use we want to use elvis we really want to use elvis but we want to also use austin how can we do both and create a real illusion? I'm really into this. This is a new magic trick. And I think if you pair it with the right talent, which they did, yeah. uh, it can create something that starts to approach of like, oh, wow, he's really doing it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and then with the authenticity, the big thing that happened with the advertising, at least that I saw, is the Presley family and company endorsing it, which I guess has not happened for many things related to him Right. That was some of the stuff where it's like they didn't have an input in the film, but Austin Butler met with Priscilla and they had a pretty Mm. interesting connection. Both Austin Butler and Elvis, their moms passed away when they were 23. So I guess he was talking with her about that. He's able to put in some of his own personal life into it and, you know, working on being a performer, even though the Presley family had no say in what was cut and what was put in and what was fabricated and all of that. Hopefully it stands to say something now that they're like, yeah, this is, we actually like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Because they could have not said that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it means a lot. I, I, you have to look at those kinds of statements from a couple of different lenses because this is coming from a family who was not involved, totally on the outside, then seeing the finished product and saying, yeah, we like it. That, yeah. that to me, holds a little bit more credence. Yeah. And so with that, looking into, well, if the f- family didn't have any say and whatnot, I People do credit Baz Luhrmann for doing research. I guess he's a very researched person, and I was able to find, as evidenced in the intro, some some effort into that from him. I mentioned that he hadn't done features since Great Gatsby, mm-hmm. but he did work on a show yeah. called The Get Down about the rise of hip-hop and disco in the Bronx, and it was canceled after one season. But Well, I'd, let me talk yeah. about it, because I watched yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and it's going back to what you're talking about, his yeah. curiosity. I could tell, I could tell watching the get down how curious and invigorated he was by that culture. And that was part of the, the 
energy of it. I mean, yeah, if yeah. It, and if we talk about Baz Luhrmann's style, this had all of it. Uh, it's got way more, even way more flavor than <laughs> than than Elvis, even. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's driven with, I think, his real curiosity for that mm-hmm. culture and that moment. And so it's not surprising to me that he's doing a lot of heavy lifting when it comes to Elvis. I mean, why wouldn't yeah. you? If you know, he's doing it for the for the get down. Why wouldn't you? Oh, they, oh, I really enjoy doing this. So yes, so let me do this for uh, Elvis, of course. Yeah, and w- with that, he worked with Nelson George again, who is a very heavily published black music historian who also worked with him on the Get Down. Wow. Yeah. Who also wow. wrote a critical book of Elvis in the eighties. You know, he. It's not like he's just like, well, I want. Oh, this is a, gl- a glow up piece. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because this arrives as a, a lot of the conversation post-release, which is the the uh, really the conversation about how much uh, was Elvis uh, taking, stealing, mm-hmm. influenced. That's those are the, the you know those are the words thrown up in the in, in the air right now. It's an interesting conversation. It's not the conversation I was expecting really to walk out to right. from the movie. I had no idea that he was that Baz was lear- was working with somebody of such stature, which I think should be the first thing that they should be telling yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's working with he's a guy who was critical yeah. of Elvis uh, back in the eighties. You know, right, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Then that critical eye is all over this script. <laughs> yeah, well, and uh, in a way too, Baz Luhrmann. Like that's why I say bringing up the fact that he's from a small town in Australia. He doesn't have necessarily all of the same life experience that somebody living in America might and relating right. to right. race in America in the same way. So like you said, this this outsider curiosity, obviously he's still a exactly. you know, white guy in the- Well, it's, I think yeah. it's a perfect thing for a filmmaker. You need to be curious. You need to be driven by the curiosity to understand. You want to reach out and try to put a lens on something that that you or other people are curious about. I think that's- that's yeah. that's part that's storytelling, baby. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so like, yeah, let's also let's get let's get a poor boy from Australia getting the uh, the the chance to have the most glitzy career and get curious and interested in you know yeah. different cultures and phenomena. <laughs> yeah, why not? That's a storyteller. I I want to see what that person drums up in their research and curiosity. Yeah, well, I highly recommend everybody go check out our links because I found this video, which it's just you know on somebody's camera or cell phone or whatever. I don't know who took it because like because it's on an, like an Elvis fan YouTube page. But mm-hmm. uh, Baz Luhrmann went to Tupelo, Mississippi, and this guy has <laughs> been documented before but not to the degree that he was there for days sam bell is this childhood friend of elvis when he was living in the all-black segregated neighborhood and this guy sam bell he passed away last september (gasps) so this was kind of the last uh effort to get what he knew about growing up there and it's great i mean the video is 24 minutes long it looks kind of just like a scout you know, of the place, but he's mm-hmm. showing him all around and d- describing the roads that they were on and what they would do and who lived and where they went to school and where wow. the property lines were and all that stuff. And like the story of the preacher grabbing him in the gospel tent and the fact that 
Elvis would go in there by himself and everybody was like, what are you doing? And he, he, he wanted to be involved in that when the rest of his black neighborhood friends were like, what the heck is he doing? He's a fool. Well, that was going to be my first yeah. question about this kind of stuff was like, well, what this movie spans his entire life and it goes out of its way to show his upbringing in particular is uh, his influences up until he yeah. gets discovered. So I was going to ask, what do we know about how much of what's in the movie is actually you know, something that could be corroborated. And from what you're telling me right here, <laughs> most of it, you know, and not that like the, his friend that passed away yeah, has yeah. the receipts, but like it is yeah, a firsthand yeah. account. And so because the internet article was written a week before the film released, <laughs> I'm, that is supposed I, you know, I, right. I'm like, I, I want to hear from who the, the, the kid who was Elvis's friend in the, in the, yeah. port, like that's, that's the account. I don't understand why, the conversation is even the conversation right now when we're not talking about, well, who was one of the main script advisors and who were some of the biggest influences when it comes to like his upbringing yeah. uh, that they got on film. <laughs> well, that's what I think is so telling or at least interesting in terms of the creative process is like, I saw the video, Baz Luhrmann is in Mississippi with the guy sitting yeah. on his porch. It's like, what more can you do than just right. it's like literally word for word what he's talking about Wow! saying they called him EP. Everybody had a nickname. <laughs> that's yeah. what we called him as a kid, you know, S little things Aww. like that, that are like, that's, that's interesting. That's you, man, who else can you go to? But that, so I thought that was and super cool. Yeah. So when I heard that this was really, when I've seen all the articles coming out, I was confused really, because what I saw was a poor kid in no control of his situation. Elvis, you know, Elvis is growing up where he grows up. That's a kid. So I don't, a kid is influenced by their surroundings. This is the conversation, nature versus nurture. I, are we supposed to divorce his, his surroundings and his influences as a child from what he can create and do? I mean, like he's not conscious that he's taking and being influenced by styles and pieces and melodies like that. He's children are sponges. What is he yeah, supposed yeah. to do? You know, so <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm so confused. At yeah. like looking at a, at an eight year old in this movie going like a cultural appropriation like this is wild like if anything <laughs> you're sh this should be like I what I see is like man a child that has no prejudice and and really the soul of the human spirit will yeah, you yeah. Know, raise up what is good so yeah the fact that he well, connected with the music they were making is the magic here that's the point and that's the point the movie <laughs> is bending over backwards to make <laughs> yeah yeah I think so Yola is a British, I believe, singer, and she plays Sister Rosetta Tharp, who is the inventor of rock and roll. Uh, <laughs> I mean, th they actualize so many <laughs> of these people. I mean, they yeah, really yeah. actualize, and don't just, they're not just like filler in the background and somebody that like is in, in part of a shot. Like they have full sequences, they sing full songs, they are full characters, and they feel totally alive and thriving in their environments. What more do you want to be? <laughs> Like, yeah. they, we're supposed to try to bring them back to life to say, if we're going to have an Elvis biopic, we have three hours to do it. Man, well, shouldn't we yeah. shine a light on some of his influences? Isn't this the conversation? I don't understand the conversation because all of this is in the movie. Yeah, well, that's what I think. So Nelson George, I'll post a link to an interview that he had. And then Yola, who also plays, like I said, Rosetta Tharp. Of course, she would want more of her or more stories. And that's the whole point. But I think, like you said, a telling course, quote that she had at least... From her perspective, she was like, the easy narrative is he's the appropriator. 
And then she says, no, the system's the freaking appropriator. That's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> he has no con- he has no choice or control over any of these things. He's merely a child growing up in this environment as an artist, as a sponge and exporting what he does. This is what he turns out by the time he's 18, you know? Yeah. Well, and that leads us to the other interesting salient part is Colonel Tom Parker, none of those three things where you're talking about <laughs> the the system taking what he had, which could be perceived as genuine <laughs> and turning it into let's yeah. sell this to the white masses and not tell this is where the from, this know? is honestly the work of the story so that this is baz lerman's job to depict what we've kind of laid out here about his upbringing and then to bring in the person who uses that and distorts that and manipulates yeah. that i mean and this is the job of this is the job of the movie so i mean maybe people are getting it i don't but like the <laughs> pointing the fingers at the film is odd you know what i mean it's <laughs> yeah we'll see what comes of it later <laughs> it's a commentary be it folks you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so with this guy colonel tom parker the thing that you had asked me to look into was then because we know presley and his uh his upbringing this 1968 comeback special and all of that and then him having any sense of like the songs that were being played or with what how much Tom Parker was lying to him. You had said you were just right. curious if you want to elaborate on like, well, so th- the movie plays out. They, they hit it big. They go on basically the, the Roland circus with Elvis Presley. I mean, they do the whole career. They take them all the way through Hollywood until Hollywood <laughs> can't make any more movies with them. Yeah, yeah. And, and Tom is just kind of trying to put together the next bag while <laughs> Elvis is like kind of feeling thrown around and lost and in turn out of touch with his artistic voice and his spirit. And so there's a diverging road that happens subconsciously um, here where mm-hmm. Tom thinks that he is uh, putting together a big Christmas special. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Elvis is putting together what, it, what stands to be his comeback special. It's very different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, And the drama that they pull out of this is very interesting as somebody that's like in entertainment and watching, watching how much talent Mm -hmm. producers and and production staff and how, where the control lies and how things get messed up and, and move and where the power actually is. But it made me interested to know if any of the drama around, Mm -hmm. is this a Christmas special? Is this a comeback (laughs) special is real? (laughs) Yeah, all that all that is real very much, very much. So it is it is real. And so one of the bigger revelations out of that, which is one of my favorite songs of Elvis's is If I Can Dream. Mm -hmm. This movie purports that that was written for the special in response to Robert Kennedy's shooting. uh, So what would be news to me? (laughs) (laughs) So what happened? Presley was very much moved by the assassinations of Kennedy and MLK specifically in Memphis. He was quoted as saying this only confirmed everyone's worst feelings about the South. Both are drawn out in the film. Yeah. Yeah. So they wanted him to do at the end of this special, a spoken word statement about the situations going on in America. This was replaced at literally the very last minute by a song by the director, Steve Binder Binder Mm. written by Billy Goldenberg, who has, from then gone on to do a ton of film scores. He worked with Spielberg a lot in his early TV work and whatnot, TV music, and then lyricist Walter Brown. And so they changed what would be his spoken word stuff to reflect his beliefs and literally wrote it the night 
they were going to do it. Tom wow. Parker did not like this at, at all because, of course, his Christmas special is crumbling. But Elvis does after he's, hearing. I mean, and technically, yeah. he sold a Christmas special. Yeah, so yeah. like now, it, the, and the, it's an interesting, but you know, it, it's not just like he wants a Christmas special. He's like, well, he did like say he would deliver a Christmas special mm. to an executive. Yeah. So he he's kind of in the middle, you know, anyway. Yeah. But Elvis loves it. Parker sees that. Elvis is quoted as saying, I'm never going to sing another song I don't believe in. I'm never going to make another mm. movie I don't believe in after hearing mm. this and wanting to do it. Parker, business shrewd, realizing, well, Elvis loves this and it looks like it's going to go down with or without me. He demanded 100% of the publishing rights for it to swoop in. So there was a lot of drama around this whole wow. Christmas special thing and specifically that song wasn't written by him for it. It was a last okay. minute thing, but Okay. So the film it the didn't film matter to him. glides over it, but generally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much, very much. And then as far as how wow. much Baz Luhrmann is talking about this, he was like, "I am not defending Elvis as a civil rights leader." He was like he was never a political creature. Tom Parker no, was always yeah. saying don't talk politics. So he's not trying to put in that he's this great voice for the generation. But this is part of, of coming yeah. back full circle is this is part of ultimately he's an artist and an, and the artist yeah. has a, has trouble divorcing himself from his own roots. He comes from the South. The South is in turmoil in particular. The nation is in, is in is in turmoil as yeah. well. The artist feels a bit driven to use their voice, their art, their medium to push the envelope a little bit. Uh, and you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, as far as I knew, he never really was a political bird at all. So that was why I was kind of taken mm -hmm. with like the movie presenting this. Of like, wow, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. and, and, but it, this is the work of the film. It has to depict where he comes from to see how far he's pushed by the time the '60s are coming to a close. Yeah. Uh, this is and, all to talk about who he is, where he came from, what he was influenced by, and what he actually cares about. And Tom Parker pushing him down. So like you had also asked before the thing about him confronting him in Vegas, like having yes. a – because Parker I was is, curious yeah. if they ever actually came – like if they ever actually confronted one another. Uh, the way the movie plays out, I could see that the, them confronting each other could just be for the movie and that they never face-to-face -face actually – got to say you're dirty cheap. <laughs> I mean, I think that I don't know exactly what happens in the movie, but they did distance themselves from each other right. later in Elvis's career. But I know for a fact that Elvis didn't know of his illegal status in the country and the issue right. of, oh, I want to do an international thing and you won't let me because like that, that was not, Elvis had no knowledge of that in his mm -hmm. lifetime. Um, what is interesting about and, and tying into in real life Tom Parker being from the carnival carny scene, uh, I looked into a little bit more about him and was fascinated to find, which I'm sure you, Evan, have already <laughs> picked up on where I'm going with the connection to other things that we've done. So no, I found no, 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 no. <laughs> a bizarre interview with a agent in training from William Morris, which is like a talent agency representation in Hollywood. And this agent, Byron Raphael, was sort of shadowing Tom Parker in oh, in some no. of his dealings so he would go and he would just travel around with the colonel and he'd go to all these little carnivals and witness really horrible the geek type stuff uh, from nightmare alley yep, yep, that he's seeing yep. with the carnival and then this is my favorite thing Raphael, the the agent in training said that tom parker was a huge huge fan of nightmare alley the film from the 40s the original one 
that came out and they were like, oh, like, you're kidding. Because <laughs> this is, it's crazy how history intersects, but yeah, he, he saw it and loved it. Uh, he was like, I don't know how many times we saw it together. He kept talking, he talked about it for years. He just loved that movie, oh, <laughs> which is like, it's a cautionary God. tale about don't do this stuff. <laughs> we and he, just- li- he lived out his life. In wanting that. to be that carny ring leader so bad. I mean, he did it <laughs> and died oh alone. And, yeah. God. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, this is crazy. This is amazing. Yeah, um, go back. We, I'll post a link to we wait. covered Nightmare Alley, which didn't get a lot of buzz uh, last year, but it's it's literally this guy's life, and he watched yeah. the original movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, if you haven't seen Nightmare Alley, the movie, go check it out. It's such a wonderful little genre a journey, and then go check out our episode because we break it all down. It's it's a wonderful piece, and this ties right into. Tom Parker and the carnival. This is absolutely incredible. If you were with us for a nightmare alley, you can yeah. see how the idea of the act, the geek, uh, and the, the carny, con, uh, yeah. the carny con is all, this is the all floating around the same territory. This is absolutely astounding. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's the, the most, <laughs> most interesting thing I could find that you probably won't uh. see. But we care about yeah. it because I'm interested in the process. But yeah. Oh, no, it's fascinating. I mean, again, coming off of Nightmare Alley, that I mean, that really opens a window into Tom Parker because we don't know much about him. He's not not an American citizen. <laughs> um, you know, he, he's a, a new figure for most mm-hmm. people. Most audiences going to see Elvis right now. And this is a good way to kind of give you a little idea of who this person is what their values were what their ideas were what their everything going yeah, yeah, on yeah, yeah. with this person who uh, really is new to people um i'm astounded incredible work David. <laughs> um, oh. so last last little bit here since elvis is elvis is honestly we could have done a three-part series <laughs> on elvis and there's so much to uh, him it's like this isn't even about right. him it's what the movie exactly. is doing differently yeah his act transcended i mean it's just defined entertainment for multitudes to come so people literally become him <laughs> the imp- <laughs> like if you t- say impersonator elvis precedes that right 100 <laughs> of the time it's like a religion in a way which i guess i had looked and it has followed his work since the mid 50s people were doing it here and there it was more just like small town talent competitions once he really? died once he died, it oh went mainstream. Gosh. The only person oh that God. did it was for real, for real, while he was alive was Andy Kaufman. But right, he was doing a right. lot of stuff. Yeah, but the white suit, the sideburns, all that stuff. Do you have a favorite piece of Elvis media, even if it's not <laughs> Elvis himself? Just Elvis the act, Elvis thing? <laughs> or or one that or one you'd like to share because there's so much of it. I mean, seriously, he's uh, beyond his actual career and his actual work. Music and movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he ha- he has touched everything. <laughs> I mentioned it, I think, at the top. I I really like the Lilo and Stitch influence from <laughs> Elvis. Yeah. Elvis in that, and the fact that it becomes the because in a way, like we're talking about him as this countercultural this and that. But he's also that's what's so bizarre about him. He's Americana, apple pie, don't <laughs> do drugs, and that's a perfect. It fits with Lilo and Stitch great because Stitch right. is trying to be both of those things. He's the crazy punk rocker, and he also needs to be accepted <laughs> by the family to survive. Right. So I, I, I like how they 
tied in that, which, you know, you either get one side, you get one side of him or the other. Right. Um, yeah. What about you? I, I hesitate to bring it up just because it has a, a somebody uh, who we shall not name in the cast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love a little movie that came out not too long ago because it's so ridiculous. It's called Elvis and Nixon. And it uh-huh. has Michael, Michael Shannon playing Elvis, requesting a meeting with the president of the United States, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Nixon, which this is a true occurrence that happens. Yeah, it's yeah. a whole movie just about Elvis trying to become like a CIA operative. <laughs> like he wants to like, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. Make, it's, it's hilarious because it's like two very like strange men. Yeah. Uh, having, like, <laughs> At a strange, strange, time. At a strange time, having strange ideas about one another. Uh, and if you're into Elvis, right, got Elvis fever right now, this is just a really fun one uh, that definitely has a real a lot of historical work went into it. But it's not a full biopic or anything like that. I mean, Michael Shannon and Elvis is just kind of absurd Bizarre. but yeah. incredible at the same time. So that is mine. I throw that around out there. It came out in 2016, Elvin, uh-huh. uh, Elvis and Nixon. I'll, yeah, I'll put I'll put links to all of that. Let us know what you if you you know if you're interested in this, what you thought of the movie. Uh, did it ring true? I know there's tons of Elvis fans. I don't know much at all about I mean, it, but I thought, yeah. Are we missing something? Because honestly, with the conversation about like his influences and everything, I'm like, this is the work of the film. I, from my eye, maybe we're really missing something. If if you want to put us in our place, <laughs> get, get in touch with us. Um, there's a couple ways to do it. At IlliteratePod on Instagram or IlliteratePod at gmail.com for the email folks. Also, let us know what you want us to cover in upcoming weeks. We're looking out for movies and TV shows that have some sort of backstory or influence behind them. We'll do the digging and get to the bottom of it. Uh, And we will catch you next week to give you another one. Uh, Can't wait till then. 